Mambo. Savage forces of General Warhawk threaten the peace-loving people of the world. There's only one man to call. Get me Rambo. Searching for the unusual the obscure, the forgotten treasures hidden deep within streaming media. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. Plane in the sun! Get below! Lookouts, get below! Dive the boat! Dive the boat! Take it down to 150 feet, steer course 090. Continue to dive. Hello, divers. Here we are yet again. Well, yes. here you, you are. Well, you're there. I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, welcome everybody to the Deep Dive Podcast, a never-ending quest to find the best and sometimes worst content hiding in your streaming media libraries, which, to put it mildly, is just what you need right now. Isn't that right? (laughs) Yeah. Amen. That's right. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wingstop Movie Magazine, available on Amazon.com. And with me and without me, as always is my partner during this global pandemic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't don't be saying that too loudly because they might think I'm the reason for it. But oh, it's good. the Mandalorian, and I am just about to go insane being in my house this long. But I'm here. I'm alive. Welcome to another episode. You know, I think we're like going through like what they used to call like the seven stages of grief uh, <laughs> with this with this whole seven, quarantine. Seven stages thing. Of, of agoraphobia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still waiting for acceptance to kick in because I know as soon as acceptance kick in, then they're going to like put us all back outside. So, oh yeah, of course. That's yeah. just that's just how it's going to be. I know this. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, you know, we're all hunkered down, and uh, so now is the perfect time to start binge watching a lot of junk. So, absolutely, we're providing an essential service. So yeah, and you know, so yeah. there you go. I feel like one of the heroes. Uh, <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch, but all, all right, right I'll that's do it fine. You. That's fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. So today on this episode, this is actually part two of our special two-parter that exists in two parts over a two-part episode. I hope that what? was. I hope that was clear. Um, um, no, not at all. <laughs> okay, good. I'm doing my job. Uh, last time it was movies that came from TV shows. Today it's TV shows that began as movies. Now, the clip you heard at the beginning was from probably the most unlikeliest of examples, Rambo, Force of Freedom, a children's cartoon based on the ultra-violent, probably racist, definitely jingoist, very R-rated movie franchise. So, yeah. There are Did some Sylvester Stallone weird... voice the character? No, 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 no. God, uh... they, they couldn't afford Stallone. Uh, missed opportunity. It may have been Frank Stallone, his brother. I don't know. <laughs> it's like the bald ones. Just get any bald one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, it, with the exception of Alec, the rest of them are pretty much interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. Especially he the does really, do the best Trump. Yeah, especially yeah the the special the the right wing one. I think that's Adam. I think he's the really right wing one. Oh boy. Ooh, yeah. So yeah. there you go. That's that's an interesting family dinner right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And they're Irish, too, which always makes it fun. 
Um, well, yeah. Yeah. So there are many, many, many other examples of TV shows that began life as movies. Now, arguably, the best of these is one of the most successful television shows of all time, MASH. The show, mm -hmm. ran, the, yeah, there was a show about Army surgeons serving in the Korean War, and it ran for 11 seasons, uh, which was actually a lot longer than the Korean War actually existed, and <laughs> was a much bigger success than the actual Korean War. So yeah. there's that. Uh, now, movies from Fargo to The Terminator to The Purge to Buffy the Vampire Slayer have had yeah. TV, you know, are based on movies, really. So, you know, uh, and the TVs, there have been TV shows based on those movies. So it's really another example of the entertainment industrial complex feeding on itself like a parasite. Uh, oh, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, the movie Parasite is going to be adapted as a TV show on HBO in 2021. So there I you am go. not surprised. Yeah, so I don't know how they're going to pull that off, but because that was a freaky movie, but yeah. we will see. All right, so <laughs> Amanda, what have you got for your first pick? Well, first pick is 2003's very short-lived My Big Fat Greek Life. Oh, which of wow. Course <laughs> is based off of the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Get the Windex. Now, the first, right, exactly. I love, now, here's the thing. The movie is just so, um, I, I don't want to say adorable, but it, it's really just a very wholesome movie, I think. Um, and I don't think anybody expected it to be such a runaway hit like that it was. But this movie um, was produced by the Tom Hanks and Rita Hanks uh, production company. Uh, I think it's called Golden Ring or something like that. Um, and it, yeah, smash hit. Um, everyone loved it. They had a spinoff movie, which didn't do so well. But in between the sequel and this was the TV show. Now, I say short lived because it only ran for one season <laughs> from February 24th until April 13th of 2003. So that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of whether it was received well. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but the cool thing is that it did keep the majority of the original cast in the movie, including Nia Vardalos, who, by the way, wrote the book. It's based on her life, based, I mean, excuse me, the movie, based on her life and her experiences with marrying a um, non-traditional person, at least in her family's uh, eyes. TV's new hit comedy gets a big, fat surprise guest. Don't miss an all-new episode. You're going to break him. My Big Fat Greek Life, CBS Sunday. She is married another actor who is not Greek, her family comes from, a, or her family is a super Greek Orthodox family, and everything they do is based on Greece is the best, and, um, you know, it, in the movie, one of the, the running gags is the father um, <laughs> says something like, oh, the Greeks invented that first, so we did this, and, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, all that, and he believes that Windex is the cure for anything. Yes. Now, I remember one scene where he was, he had dry elbows, so he put his elbow in a, in a bowl of Windex, and that to this day just creeps me out. Like, yeah. it makes me feel ill watching yeah. it. And I'm like, I wonder what they used on set. Probably like blue suit coloring, but it looks such, like, so good as that uh, Windex. But um, anyway, back to the show. The, the, the show, I think the main reason why it didn't do so well is that it really is um, meant to be a continuation of the movie, but it starts kind of like, like where you wouldn't expect it in, in that, like, all right, they're already established in Chicago. They, um, they still are dealing with the same issue, which is the family's acceptance of her new husband, which, you know, don't get me wrong, can sometimes be like battles you fight for years and years and years. But I think the emotional toll that we felt 
watching the movie kind of ran out by the time the, the show came around. Um, and here's the weird thing. So in the movie, her husband's name is Ian Miller. And I don't remember if that was just his middle name and he was going by that. Um, but in the show, her husband's name is Thomas Miller. Huh. And I think it's some of, yeah, it's one of those weird things where they couldn't really get around it. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact they had, they didn't have, um, despite it being her life and her life story, didn't really have um, like a lot of rights to, to bring it over into the sitcom world. Um, because her husband, uh, Ian Gomez, who she married, uh, I think they actually recently got divorced too, but um, he's the dude, oh, who we know, he was on the Drew Carey show. Um, he was, uh, it, I can't even remember, he's in Lies and Reba. Um, you would know him if you saw him. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, that's where the TV show kicks off. And it's just the same thing, how their family is getting along. And um, it didn't have too many episodes. I thought it was great because I, I loved that, you know, the, the continuation. I wanted the movie to keep going at the end. That's kind of a good movie, right? That yeah, you just want exactly. to keep going. Um, but this just felt like it was kind of a half a half-hearted attempt, and it didn't do so well. Um, so basically, you can not really find this on many places. Now, there is um, YouTube, and there's also YouTube's counterpart, uh, Daily Motion. Daily Motion is uh, basically a website where people upload uh, you know, TV shows, music videos, movies, things like that. And, and it's more catered towards that as opposed to YouTube, which could be anything. Um, but you can find the entire season on there. Um, and yeah, it, yeah. So it didn't do so well. Um, the original movie actually did pretty well. It was about the 70 to 80 range across Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. Exactly. Um, but this, however, Put it this way: It didn't get rated by Metacritic. Rotten Tomatoes gave it gave it a twelve percent, um, and that's yeah. So it didn't do so well. Um, but one thing I wanted to point out is that this movie was revolutionary in a couple ways. One, people didn't think it was going to be a hit, right? And it ran away with it. Two, it was from a very small production company time, which belongs to Tom Hanks, and I don't think many people knew that. So he was kind of entering the game as a producer with this film. And then three, it spawned so many other things. And you think, well, what do you mean? And I mean the My Big Fat um, like genre. So, you know, you have the My Big Fat Fabulous Life, My Big Fat American Gypsy Wedding, My Big Fat Greek uh, Life, My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding, My Big Fat Liar, My Big Life in Ruin, My Big Fat Pet Makeover. So <laughs> it, it, it spawned this idea that, that it's everything is My Big Fat something so it's like it's some cataclysmic event um so yeah every time you kind of think oh yeah tlc is premiering another my big fat gypsy wedding well really they took the title and they kind of ran away with it but from this movie and it kind of spawned this whole um i guess like idea of getting the next big my big fat thing you know um but yeah yeah i think they um I, i think they kind of like went a little bit too far when they did uh, My Big Fat Law and Order. That just didn't make sense to me. Oh, can you even imagine? Oh, oh, God. That's still going now. That has to be in, like, what, the 20th season or something? Yeah, I think the people that went to jail in the first season are now out. (laughs) I think SVU is probably one of the longest ones ever. Oh, but did you hear that, um, what's his face? Christopher Maloney is coming back to SVU. Really? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a big thing. I love him. When he left the show, I was actually quite sad. And I was like, oh, great. We have Olivia Benson. Ooh, yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's my first pick. You can see full episodes on YouTube and on Daily Motion. You can buy the season on Amazon for, looks like $23. But I think you're better off just kind of watching the episodes and just saying you had watched it <laughs> rather yeah. than spending any money on it. <laughs> but it wasn't too, too bad. Too, too bad. But that is my first pick. Nice. Very good. That's an obscure one. I like it. Thank you. That's pretty cool. All right, so my turn. Uh, <laughs> back in 1973, when I was just starting to get gray hair, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> a truly influential science fiction film was released about a fictional theme park where guests would interact with lifelike robots. Of course, I'm mm. talking about Westworld, uh, written mm. and directed. Yep, written and directed by future Jurassic Park writer Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton. Yes. Years later, the movie would get the television treatment. Oh, but I'm not mm -hmm. talking about the HBO show. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. My first pick. What? Yeah, my first pick is an even shorter-lived show than my big fat Greek wedding. Uh, my first pick is Beyond Westworld from 1980. Yes, you heard right. There was another Westworld TV show. Take a listen. It began with Westworld. One, activate now. A futuristic playground where people could act out their fantasies with robots so sophisticated it was impossible to tell them from humans. Your move. Suddenly, the robots changed, turned into the deadly servants of their creator, Simon Quaid, who took them beyond Westworld. All right, yeah, so... Beyond oh. Westworld, right? So the basic premise is this. In the aftermath of the disaster that destroyed the theme parks in the original movie, uh, one of the Westworld scientists manages to steal 200 of the robots and has plans to use them to replace people of power and influence in the world. Now, the company that owns Westworld, Delos, uh, which, by the way, is an anagram for sold, if you didn't know that, uh, <laughs> that owns the parks, sends their head of security to try to track down and destroy these renegade robots. Problem is, they can look and act like anyone. Uh, right. Now, it sounds really cool. It's a, it's a cool idea. Um, but, you know, no. Great premise, terrible execution. It's, mm. yeah, to put it simply, it's a silly show full of bad choices and even worse, acting. Uh, mercifully, they only produced a whopping five episodes, and <laughs> only three of them aired before Ooh. it was canceled. Ouch! So yeah, and and it was it so it was so bad that it took over thirty years for anyone to try to make another show about Westworld. <laughs> hey, so, but that one's doing really good. It yeah, absolutely, completely different take on the idea. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, great concept, but it just was poorly done at the time, and it it suffered for it by getting yanked extremely early. So and and mm -hmm. honestly, uh, it was 1980, and I actually remember watching that first episode and going, "Wow, this is crap." Uh, so yeah. Now, as far <laughs> as yeah, as far as the scores on that, you'd be surprised. There actually is a, a score on Internet Movie Database of 4.6 out of 10. Uh, but oh, no, well, wow. Yeah, no Rotten Tomatoes or anything like that. 
Um, but <laughs> if you are a Westworld fan, so if you like the show, the HBO show, and you like the movie, and you want to see an entirely different take on the story, you can actually watch all five completed episodes on YouTube and Amazon Prime Video for $1.99 per episode, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, I would oh. not pay, you know, one like 0. 0.199 uh, <laughs> cents per episode, but they are they are available if you are a sadist. Uh, now, of course, none of this mentions the sequel, the movie sequel, of course, to Westworld, which was Future World, uh, that came out a few years after Westworld. Um, that is also kind of an interesting take on the on the story. Uh, I, I suppose in the history of these movies, it's not considered canon, or I don't know what is or not anymore. But it's another it's just another version of the whole thing. And of course, Michael Crichton would take that concept of, you know, disaster at a theme park further uh -huh. with Jurassic Park years later. Uh, and that that turned out pretty well. I'm sure you would agree, man. <laughs> you know, for a little film as it was, but it wasn't bad. It was OK. It was all right. I mean, for its time, I think. Uh, yeah. So that was my first pick, kind of a really, really obscure one, but I like where it kind of sits in the history of the Westworld franchise. It's kind of this like sort of, uh, you know, bastard stepchild that never quite <laughs> got a chance. Uh, but yeah, so Beyond Westworld, that's my first pick. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, to be honest with you, it's, uh, it shocks me that there's anything other than the HBO series because yep. in my naivete, I didn't even know it was a movie beforehand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, a great no movie, by the way. A great movie. Now, my second pick is, I think, one of probably my favorite picks of all time of Ooh. the last 56 episodes we've done. Ooh. Yeah. Exciting. Oh, yeah. What is it? Oh, yeah. Now, let me ask you. Can you think of a movie that you know, a well-loved movie that was made into a TV show, that the TV show is almost more popular than the movie? Well, I think the one I mentioned at first, MASH, was probably, uh, probably a good example yeah. of that. Um, but there's not okay. many. There's really not, not many. Not many. And there really isn't, right? It's such a small nation. So if you if this show happens to get into this small uh, group, as it were, it's, it's a pretty big deal. Hmm. I'm talking about none other than the animated TV series, Beetlejuice. Don't touch that dial! Because now the only place you can have a wild time with TV Zadius goes is weekday mornings on Fox! I'm ready! But are you ready for me? So wake up and smell... My socks! <laughs> Say the magic words... Beetlejuice! 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 And start your day with one wild and wacky ghoul! You're gonna love it! Catch Beetlejuice Monday through Friday mornings only on Fox! Oh, nice. <laughs> Very interesting. I absolutely adore this TV show. Now, as a child, because, of course, the original movie came out in 1988. Um, I was very young. I was only a couple years old. So I think, if anything, my parents probably wouldn't want to show me because I might get scared. But the first introduction I remember was watching the TV show. The TV show premiered on my birthday in 1989, um, and it ran for a couple of years. And it is essentially the crime duo kind of um, trope, right? Uh -huh. There's Beetlejuice, there's Lydia Deep, 
and they have to explore both the peaceful pines uh, area of the world where they live, and then also the netherworld, um, where Beetlejuice frequently um, kind of goes down to. And of course, something happens where there's a missing this, or there's a missing person, or there's a missing dog, and they have to, you know, every episode ends with them uh, discovering the crime or, you know, and it's always one of those things, I think the, the show did a really good job towing the line between uh, is Beetlejuice, you know, doing it for himself, or does he really like Lydia? Are they friends? And the the TV show definitely, obviously, was it was I don't want to say dumb job, but it was definitely kid down, right? So like it was for younger kids than the um, fantastic movie, but it has some really crucial themes. Um, friendship. Um, it talks about being ostracized because of what you look like. Um, if there's a movie character that I think would come to define my life, at least up until high school, it would be Lydia Dean because I wanted to be that strange and unusual person and I wore all black and I was obsessed with taking photos and so that she was me or I was her um so basically this tv series is so beloved by everybody that it ranks almost as high as the original movie original movie Beetlejuice um which of course uh has I think probably one of the highest amount of votes I've ever seen on it in a um on a site, eighty-four percent at Rotten Tomatoes, eighty-six percent Metacritic. Wow. IMDb gives a seven point five, so it, it's high up there. Um, but the TV series stands still at an eighty-five percent with Metacritic and a seven point five on IMDb, so huh. it's right there. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, I think one of the best things about that TV show, honestly, is the intro music. Here, just take a look, take a second to listen. <laughs> Absolutely love that. It reminds me of my childhood. Wow. Now, <laughs> now the great thing about about this was they got they seem to hit everything right for a TV show based on a movie to kind of like not fail. I think it needs to meet certain criteria. One typically is the voice actors, right? So they have to be the same. You know, they have to be able to recognizable or very close to it. Um, they need to have the same sort of like uh, maybe not style but the same sort of mentalities behind it and they do well if they have the same sort of crew and cast and directors and producers and et cetera, et cetera. this is true for this one so tim burton directed beetlejuice the movie but his friend slash partner directed the tv series the theme was done by danny elfman who <laughs> i think he's worked with Tim Burton on maybe every movie he's ever not, released. Not every movie. No, no. <laughs> really? Ed That's Wood was the first explain. one. Ed Wood was the first oh, one really? they did work on together. Yeah, they had a falling out for a little while. And <gasps> uh, yeah, and so that no. was kind of it. Yeah. But then they, wow. they, they made up. So, Well, good, because then we got Nightmare for Christmas and we needed that. Oh, yeah. It's Beetlejuice and Nightmare for Christmas that really defined my life. Oh, but, anyways. So good. <laughs> 
Um, but Danny Elfman did the theme for both Beetlejuice and also for the TV series. Um, they did not have um, too many of the original actors uh, doing voices, but they had, it, it was enough that it um, sounded enough like Lydia, enough like Beetlejuice that I think it was believable. Um, but yeah, it, it had four seasons. Um, first premiered on ABC and then uh, Fox Pictures ended up picking up Fox is great because at that time they had a whole slew of kids uh, TV show programs all the way from, you know, the X-Men to Spider-Man to Gargoyles, um, you know, Beetlejuice, everything in between. So um, they had a whole host, like right there, you're talking about DC, Marvel, Disney, uh, all of that. Um, But the guy who voiced Beetlejuice, he also um, is in another voice. Um, that you might recognize or that you might know, he was actually Beast in the X-Men TV show. So it's interesting how many people who work in voice acting are across like these different platforms that because they can just do so many things with their voices yeah. that you don't oh, know yeah. it's them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Who's, who's a really good example of that? Um, the guy who does Winnie Pooh. What's his name? Uh, oh, I can't. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? I do, um, and it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't Jim. Jim, 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 not Jim Parsons. Jim, 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 Jim. Jim, Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings, yeah. There you go. That's who he is, yeah. I Googled it too. Jim Cummings. And he has even <laughs> so many things like that. But in any case, so where can you watch Beetlejuice? Well, like my first pick, it's kind of hard because it's so popular that a lot of times I think companies would rather make money off the distribution of um, physical you know, DVDs and Blu-rays rather than allowing it to be streamed. But um, like the last one, you can find the entire four-season set on Daily Motion. Um, sometimes they're broken up into two parts or three parts, but, you know, take a gather. You can find them there. You can also get them on YouTube. Um, but you can buy it on Amazon for it looks like $37 uh, new. And it comes to all four seasons, the complete series. Um, and it's such a good show because... I think even as an adult watching clips of it, I, I would chuckle at something. And that must be, that must be feel really good to the producers and the writers knowing that 20 years later, we're still getting enjoyment out of, out of this one thing. But yeah, that's my second pick. And like I said, it's probably one of my favorite picks of all time. That's really, really cool. And you know what's interesting is there's a, there's a history of uh, movies that spawn animated versions that were yeah. actually just as good, uh, yep. if not better, than the movies themselves. I'm thinking of the real Ghostbusters uh, oh, animated yeah. series. Batman the Animated yeah. Series. You know when the Ghostbusters one, Egon had that weird yellow yeah, thing know, for yeah. hair? Yeah. So bizarre. <laughs> um, there, was, there was a Back to the Future TV series that was actually mm-hmm. pretty good. There was a Highlander mm-hmm. animated series. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. What? Um, yeah. I know there was a Highlander with a woman one. It was called The Raven, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was a live action, yeah. but this was a Highlander the Animated Series, which was which was actually pretty good, too. Uh, so there's yeah. quite a few of them out there that, uh, you know, sort of picked up the ball and ran with it in some weird directions uh, right. using animation, <laughs> you know, because you can pretty much do anything you want, which is great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's mm-hmm. really cool. I like that. Um, Thank you. All right. So my second pick. Now, mm-hmm. back way, 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 way back in 2014, not that way back, but, you know, um, <laughs> a couple of uh, New Zealanders got together to make a film called What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh. Uh, 
Yep. Now, those New Zealanders were Jermaine Clement of the comedy duo Flight of the Concords, that I love. Yeah. And Taika Waititi, writer and director Taika. of Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit. And Star Wars. And yes. And yes, he just got tapped to do a Star Wars movie. Don't know much about that yeah. yet, but I cannot wait. I'm excited. Hopefully, he will finally bring the funny to Star Wars. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> Uh, because Jar Jar failed miserably. Sorry. Mm, yeah. So now I have to admit, being a fan of both of these gentlemen, I was expecting really great things from what we do in the shadows when I went to see it. Mm -hmm. uh, however, mm -hmm. I was actually a bit disappointed with the film. Um, Were you? Oh. I was. I was. I thought it was clever. I loved the premise, but I didn't really laugh that much. I think it was that funny. I just thought it was clever. Uh, so, right, right, right. Yeah. So when they announced that a version for the FX channel was in the works, it wasn't on my radar as something I needed to see. Thankfully, my better half suggested <laughs> we give it a try, and I am so glad I did. What we do in the shadows, mm -hmm. the TV series, is amazing. Uh, it is not yep. a copy of the movie. The characters and the setting are different, but the premise is the same, which is a group of very old, very European vampires live together in a large house on Staten Island while their lives <laughs> are being filmed for a documentary. Now, before anybody brings this up, I have thought of this too. How are they being recorded for a documentary? <laughs> and you can't see their reflection. I yeah, and you can't. That they establish that you cannot see their reflection in a mirror. But I, I don't. They've never explained that. I don't. Probably never will because it just you know doesn't really matter. But to me, it's just like one of those <laughs> things that bugs me. But having said that, now uh, looking out for uh, the vampires is Guillermo, uh, a vampire familiar who endures insult after insult while hoping that one day. His master will turn him into a vampire. Um, yeah, and I'm almost positive Guillermo's probably named after the director Guillermo del Toro. Oh. Uh, who directed the second Blade movie as well as all those other amazing movies. I love Guillermo del Toro. Oh, he's so good. So good. Um, now, the best way to describe this show, it's like The Office and Parks and Recreation were bitten by a Nosferatu. <laughs> That's so, amazing. It's, it's so, so funny. Um, there was one of my favorite episodes where it was where the uh, three uh, the three vampires that live in the house. Uh, there's Nandor, Nadja, uh, and Laszlo. Um, they have they accidentally kill uh, an ancient uh, vampire baron, um, and so they're brought before the vampire council. Uh, and the council is made up of vampires from different movies. Uh, so you've nice. got uh, uh, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, who was a vampire in Buffy the Vampire Slayer as that character. <laughs> uh, and you have the uh, the three vampires from the What We Do in the Shadows movie are there. Uh, and Kate Blanchett is there. Uh, and also uh, via uh, webcam is Wesley Snipes as Blade. <laughs> what? The real Wesley Snipes. <laughs> And I'm just like, it's so funny. It's brilliant. Oh. Uh, so there's all oh. these all these really fun little nods and uh, references. Uh, and, you know, the, it's just it's just hilarious. And I, I if you like that kind of thing, I highly recommend it because it is just absolutely drop dead hilarious. Um, it's almost awkward which is where it comes like the office comes in because sometimes there's like that awkward thing. Like maybe Jim will look at the camera or something where they're breaking the fourth wall. Oh yeah, the, that happens quite a bit. The vampires do that. Guillermo does that. It's just like, 
And you, you got to wonder, you know, you got to wonder what's going to happen. Right. Because, and, and one of my favorite characters is Colin Robinson, who is the energy vampire. Colin, what are you doing in here? This is my bedroom. My name is Colin Robinson. Hi, Deb. And I am a energy vampire. We either bore you with a long conversation. Hey, Don. Or Don. We enrage you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was on the office, too. <laughs> yeah. And he's basically boring everybody to death. Yeah. His whole thing is he so, talks to you and he drains your energy just by just by droning on and on. So basically what he's in the office too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny. It's really, really good. Uh, it is rated TVMA for a very good reason. It is bloody and profane, and I wouldn't have it any other way. No. Uh, to me, it's funny in a way the movie wasn't, and I am really, really enjoying it. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. I wanted to pick that up. I've only seen bits and pieces, like clips on YouTube. And I was like, this is cool, interesting topic. You have all these different representations of vampires. Like, they have the traditional, um, you know, Transylvanian vampire. And then they've got, like, Nosferatu. And then they've got, like, you know, almost, like, I don't know if they have, like, an Edward Twilight version. But that's the kind of thing, like, you know, because every vampire basically has its own little, um, you know, recognizable trait. But they're yeah. also vampires, you know? Yeah, yeah, they're all, like, different. They all have their own little, you know, their own quirks, which is... Yeah, uh, exactly. Which is really interesting. And there's one episode where uh, there's a, a ghost in the <laughs> house, and the vampires are like, there's no such thing as ghosts. And uh, <laughs> the familiar Guillermo says, wait a minute, wait a minute, excuse me. Vampires are real. Uh, I've seen a werewolf, I've seen a Babadook, but you draw the line at ghosts? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Like what? What? Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's a, it's really really funny. Um, it gets an eight point four out of ten on the Internet Movie Ooh. Database and a ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, wow! So it just started its second season on FX. Uh, season one is available right now on Hulu if you subscribe. Uh, Ooh, so cool. yeah, if if you're into that kind of thing, absolutely check it out. Uh, it's well worth it. So. What we do in the shadows, absolutely fantastic. Good pick. Yeah. Oh, I'm just like, I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. It's like, uh, it's one of my favorite sort of mockumentaries, as it were. Like it's up yeah. there with Final Cut for me. Yeah, yeah. Just when you think that yeah. they kind of just that that format, it has been done, like Office, Parks and Rec, and all that. Uh, even Modern Family does that, or did that for the zone. Oh, before they had that completely depressing and sad ending yeah yeah you know if i've only seen clips of what we do in the shadows on youtube and i'm still saying it's up there at final now it has to be good oh my goodness it's fantastic and you just it's one of those that you have to binge because you got to see what's going on you got to like keep watching it like uh, it's like a tiger king <laughs> yeah oh yes indeed which by the way <laughs> they, they announced a, 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 a tv series like a <laughs> like an actual <laughs> fictional tv series and nicholas cage as exotic no, I'm not okay. kidding. Oh, my God. Like, he has played so many of these really rich. At this point, I think he does it just to amuse himself. Oh, yeah. Like, how many times has he played these random, just weird characters that make no sense? Um, okay, I accept that. I, I thought it was going to be somebody else that would play him. Like, um, a lot of people were thinking it might be um, David State. Yeah, he did Joe Dirt, which is the same thing. So, you know, I mean... <laughs> Uh, I yeah. think that's okay. just his desperate attempt to get back, uh, you know, into relevance. But you know. Uh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. 
So yeah. Oh, this is a good episode. We yeah. had some good picks. We did. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, I, you already mentioned them actually. Buffy the Vampire Slay- uh, Slayer was probably going to be my biggest one. I know we've talked about um, that on the musicals episode, but um, that's also a show that I grew up watching, and I think it has such a huge fan base that oh, yeah. if I were to bring it up, it would kind of be like, yeah, that's obvious. So that would part of been my honorable mention. You can watch that currently right now if you have. Tubi, you can watch the original movie, and I believe you can watch episodes of that on uh, Hulu. Nice, nice. Uh, for me, honorable mentions include uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, uh, <laughs> which is on Stars, which is of course is a, is a sequel to the Evil Dead movies, uh, uh-huh. and it is just as uh, crazy, bloody, and raunchy as uh, the movies. Um, nice. Another one that's on YouTube is Cobra Kai, which is the sort of oh, sequel yeah. to the karate, the original Karate Kid movies. Uh, mm-hmm, it's really mm-hmm. good, great performances, uh, really well done. Um, and my last one is one from the past, uh, which is an oddball one. It's Friday the Thirteenth, the series, um, and it is it was a fantastic horror anthology show from the eighties that had absolutely nothing to do with the Jason movies, but it was still <laughs> really, really good. It was basically this um, like a curio shop, pawn shop kind of thing, and all of the items in the pawn shop were cursed. So if you, oh, okay. if you bought one, there was a curse, a specific curse that came with each object. And the owner of the right. pawn shop dies, and heirs try to retrieve every single one of those cursed items and put it back in the in the the vault in the store because they're killing people. You know the curses are killing people. It's a great right. show. It lasted for a few seasons and it was just fantastic. But nothing to do with the Friday the Thirteenth movies, which I think confused a lot of people. <laughs> I can imagine. So, but that's also I believe available on Amazon Prime Video. But it's a great show. Very cool. Um, awesome. Yeah, excellent. Very nice. I'm just glad that because even though we're in quarantine. We're still doing a public service. <laughs> yeah. And I call it a public yeah, service because we're not getting paid for it. But in any event. Oh, no. Definitely no pay. No pay whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, what's really awesome is that we have all of our episodes currently available on iTunes and App, um, Apple Podcasts. Stream. You can also find them on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com, oh, where... Yeah. Our lovely host, Podbean, has them up for you to take a gander or take a listen, as it were. Um, Yeah, so on our website, you can also find links to our social media. We have a merch store. We have a merch store, people. How awesome is that? Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but during quarantine, I haven't done many, like, lots of laundry. I'm just kind of wearing the same stuff over and over again. Yes. Maybe you should just get, like, a new t-shirt or two. Right, and they are uh, N95 compatible. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, they're not. No, no. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. The, uh, what I meant to say is they come in different sizes. Uh, that's oh, what yes, I meant yes. to say. That's exactly what so you meant to say. So mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to con anybody into, you know, thinking that they're, like, really great as masks or anything, but even though they are. But still, <laughs> you, should, you should check yeah. the merch out now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and also, you know, once again, thanks to all of our listeners uh, hopefully mm, you are all doing well and are staying healthy and uh, maintaining social distancing and washing your hands and all of that stuff. Uh, we yep. need all the listeners we can get. We don't want to lose anybody. So Exactly. <laughs> all right. Now you are sure to get a 
kick out of the next deep dive microcast because we're going into the history of the kung fu movie craze so from bruce lee to billy jack to black belt jones we're going to chop our way through america's fascination with the martial arts movie so you're going to put on your comfiest karate gi and join us (laughs) next week all right are you going to mention the steven seagal like epidemic as it were because like there's so many films where i feel like they because he had eyes that were a different shape they're like cool you're asian enough just go do this kung fu movie you know it's it's the whole thing it i don't know how much i'm going to go into that because frankly you know the guy is just like so so out there you know as a yeah i could do i could do an entire like hour-long podcast about uh, about Steven Seagal, you know, and then uh, goes so. every one of our listeners. Except I know, for one, right? Maybe. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just, it's going to focus mostly on the early days of gotcha. when when kung fu movies came to America for the first time, and there was this big like uh, the the Bruce Lee fanaticism and all that started. Uh, so gotcha. yeah, so that's we're gonna you know leave the Chucks, Norrises, and the uh, <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme's, and oh yeah. So we're going to leave all that for maybe another time. But uh, tune in when we are up next week, and I hope you enjoy it. Awesome. All right. So on behalf of The Mandalorian and myself, I am Tom Feeney. Please take care of yourselves. See you later. Ciao. You can find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram feeds on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. If you like us, please subscribe. All clips are intended for educational use only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Blaney and EchoCraft. Thanks for listening. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media. You're welcome to watch anything you want on TV. TV sucks. I know you're upset right now, so I'll pretend you didn't say that.